You're listening to Cloud9, where Bahaiteachings.org interviews artists from around the globe to learn about what inspires, uplifts, and motivates them to make a positive contribution to the world. My name is Shadi Talui Wallace. Shirin Tofig is a multidisciplinary artist and community builder in San Diego, California. While studying at UC Berkeley years ago, she heard about something called socially engaged art. It is an art practice that engages communities through dialogue for the purpose of creating beneficial change. Shirin saw this as a perfect way to unite her creative pursuits with many of the community building efforts she was drawn to in Vista, a predominantly immigrant neighborhood where she regularly volunteers. In this episode of Cloud9, Shirin shares her experiences in engaging, empowering, and uniting families through their talents. By applying creative solutions to social problems, Shirin hopes this work ultimately allows the populace of Vista to become the authors of their own stories. So Shirin, a big welcome to Cloud9. I generally like to start these interviews learning a little bit about the artist and their early childhood, and also perhaps a little bit about where you grew up and what kind of early creative influences you had in your life. I was one of the only Persian families in San Diego, and there is an immigrant community, mostly from Mexico predominantly. Um, But I felt like I didn't really know where to fit in. And so something that's influenced my art making has been this idea of like comfort versus discomfort or placemaking and cultural identity, which shows up a lot in like my textile works or performances that I do. Um, But also one of the reasons I'm really interested in socially engaged art is that it's an art form that's really aimed aimed towards service and empowerment of people in your community. And taking that ownership or authorship away from the artist and giving the authorship to the participants and the community. So when did you first hear about socially engaged art? That's when I went to UC Berkeley. I never was really interested in art growing up because I always thought it was like whatever I was taught was very traditional, was like painting or drawing or was it through your parents that introduced you to it um just traditional art yeah but I was never really interested in like the traditional fine arts and it wasn't until I went to UC Berkeley that I started learning about like conceptual art and um using ideas first and then using whichever medium to make your work so it could be from found object to um using wood or art like videos or you know you could just use whichever medium that you would like to really convey the concepts. Could you share just briefly what socially engaged art means? Maybe some examples of it in that we may have seen we're not aware of? For sure. So basically socially engaged art is a practice which is in dialogue with the community and social problems that are present in it. And it's less about the artist as a creator, but more about creating beneficial changes in the community. It's inherently an art form which is related to people and not the individual. 
to better explain what this art form looks like, I'll give a few examples because it's kind of confusing just saying that. The first example is a little more complex. It's called The Conflict Kitchen by John Rubin, which is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And what they do is they serve food of where the U.S. is in conflict with during that time, and they collaborate with the immigrant community from that country um, on the recipes and what they should serve. And then on the wrappers of the food, they write, uh, why are we in this conflict? What's actually happening? And they also share the interviews that they had with the people from that country. Um, And then inside of the restaurant, they have a table that you can sit at that has time meals with people in that country that's that they're in conflict with, where you can have a conversation over the meal with them Mm -hmm. and actually talk about what's happening. So it works on multiple levels of like breaking down prejudice within the community by spreading knowledge and awareness. So how does this differ? Like, I mean, when I listen to you describe that, it's very much of like, this is a, this is a restaurant that's socially conscious, but what makes it art? What makes it art is that it's taking an alternative approach to um, problem solving something like an issue in the community. So there's a lot of ways, there's like social workers that try to solve problems in communities. There's psychologists, there are anthropologists. And I think a lot of people ask like, why why don't you just let those people in those professions take care of the problems? And like, why does an artist have to deal with these issues that are happening but I think that the art world is evolving and artists have a little more freedom and less rules to abide by than people in specific fields and what they're capable of doing where Mm. there are these freedoms where people can experiment and different things can happen because it's outside of like an institution in a way and it's brought on by the community itself without like an outside force so it's a lot more grassroots right and it's not just like a restaurant on its own but um it's involving so many different members of the community and institutions and the main purpose of it is not about the food really it's about breaking down prejudices within the community um I have a few more examples Mm -hmm. if you want to hear like, yeah, yeah, please share. So like there's a project by Michael Swain called the Mending Library. And like for the last 11 years, he has gone out to the Tenderloin District of San Francisco. And he's like made this cart that has a sewing machine on it. Um, And he mends the clothing of the homeless people in the community. And in return, he asks them for their stories and to like share time with him basically Hmm. and so that's like and where are those stories shared after you know I'm not really sure if he like takes that further like does that matter even in socially engaged art like does it need to go somewhere for it to be validated I don't think it does and that's what's makes it a little bit different than the way we traditionally see art where it has to be displayed or viewed somewhere or there has to be proof that it happened. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there has to be proof of your project. It sounds like it's a very creative way of serving a direct need in your community. Yeah, that's why I really like how it correlates to service because there's, it's all about doing things for other people or just opening up people's ideas or 
having a greater dialogue around issues that are happening, even if it's not solving an issue, just the fact that that dialogue is happening now. So when I was visiting you, I learned so much about what your service looks like in your community. Could you share a bit about the community that you serve in and how you've addressed some of the issues in the community through socially engaged art? Could you start with the Junior Spiritual Empowerment Program, perhaps? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I have a junior youth program in Vista. So the Junior Spiritual Empowerment Program for people who are listening and who may not know what that is. It's a program developed by Baha'is that is open to people from any background or religion aimed towards um, people aged between 11 to 15 to develop their power of expression, spiritual perception, build a moral framework, creating an environment of mutual support and being of service to one's community. With that being said, there are some things that happen within the junior youth program generally Um, there's a curriculum where we have a a series of books that they go through. Um, there is like, uh, recreational activities like doing sports. People will do art, arts and crafts with them also. Um, but one of the things I wanted to mention was the first book in the junior youth program that they do is called Breezes of Confirmation, which is all about like making an effort and receiving God's confirmation. But a theme that runs through that book is about finding one's talents and skills. And I feel like social practice can really complement the curriculum at that point, just right off the bat, like the start of the book. Um, and so what the- By social practice, you mean, what do you mean by social oh, practice? Oh, so like socially engaged art. Okay. Yeah. They're interchangeable words. Sorry. I forgot to mention okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> Newbie over here <laughs> looking for clarification. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. So how did you find a way to engage socially engaged art into your junior youth group? I When I started my junior youth group, one of the first things we did is that I started a list where I asked them to just share like what do you think are some skills or talents that you have yourself? And I made it like really extensive for them to put like braiding hair. Like, can you braid hair? Can like, I saw you skateboarding, like that's a skill, Um, like baking. And so making them thinking about things that they wouldn't generally think are skills or talents that they do have. And then seeing like, okay, we have worth, we have value and like we can contribute in some way by the things we do know how to do. Um, and I also asked them what are things that they are interested in learning or getting better at doing. And almost unanimously in my group, they said that they wanted to make videos. I think it's because this age group right now, like 13 year olds are really all about YouTube. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And they want to make YouTube videos. Everything's on YouTube. Yeah. And we also talked about just like what they noticed about their community, not good or bad or anything. But one of the main things they were saying about that they noticed about their community was that um, they're, they're in a mobile home community. And where is this? In Vista? In Vista, yeah. It's a mobile home part. North of San Diego. Yeah, North County, okay. San Diego. Cool. Um, and they're also predominantly like, Mexican immigrants who only speak Spanish 
a lot of them only speak Spanish. And then they were saying that a lot of their families or people that live there are, are othered or um, are stereotyped and that they wanted to do something about these stereotypes that are put on their community. And so we decided to make videos about the people that live there, like documentary style. So every week they come up with interview questions and interview different people. Um, and, the, and so the people they've been interviewing are like, they're like, somebody in our community is a teacher. We want to interview them. We want to interview the oldest. So they're locating and like trying to think of the individuals that they want to feature. Yeah. Like they're completely coming up with this project. They're completely coming up with this project. So they came up with, I was like, who do you know in this community? Like, what do they do? Or like, what's interesting about people that live here? And so they're saying like, okay, like somebody teaches like ages like four to five year olds. Like we want to interview that person. We want to interview the oldest person in our neighborhood and like see what they have to like say to us. We want to interview the person that gives rides to the other kids in the neighborhood to go to school. And it's like, mm-hmm. these people have a lot of value and you can't just see that without getting to know them. Um, so they've been starting to make these videos and we want to have a showing at the end in the community and also put them on YouTube. But we talked about things going on YouTube and it just getting like lost in the abyss and how we can um, make like really affect change in our community if we make these videos and like how could we do that and how can we think alternatively. Um, And so something we came up with was to start video bombing. And for people that don't know what video bombing is, it's when you have a projector and you go out into the city and you project your videos onto open wall space and your videos are subtitled. So anybody who's driving by or walking or is just outside can see your videos. And so that's a way to um, get the outside community to start seeing their neighborhood differently. As an artist, what did you recognize in terms of these junior youth and their capacity as as individuals to contribute to their community and also as artists? People generally think they have to be artists to do something creative, but really all it takes is just finding what you're interested in and then seeing how you can connect to the things that matter to you. So like for the fact for these junior youth, it's like they cared about the way they're being perceived and their families were being perceived and their friends' families. And then they thought, okay, like we really want to make videos. So what are we going to make them about? And also I'm, I'm reflecting on the, you know, the purpose of the Junior Spiritual Empowerment Program is to um, develop your spiritual perception. So how, how did this project, this film project with your junior youth enable them to develop their spiritual spiritual perception yeah i think that this project the film project helped them see the value in all the people around them too and um like how they need to care for others and just like humanize them and see the people around them as equals to themselves and like Mm -hmm. that leading this life of service and how did this affect the families of these youth and the people in the community i think that they started viewing them really differently and Um, Every time we did an interview with one of the neighbors, they're like, I'm so glad you guys are doing this. 
and you're only 13 and you're bringing, and this is what's bringing our community together because we never talk and we never get to know each other. And there's even prejudices within our own community towards each other, but this really opens, opens it up to getting to know each other and becoming united just in our neighborhood first. In terms of, of the group taking ownership over this new um, initiative, did they give it a name? Oh, yeah. Um, it's actually super cool. Everybody in the community came together, like everyone that is involved in any of the pro on, in any of the efforts that are happening in the community, and they named the the, all, the like the collective efforts Proyecto Prosperidad y Unidad, Project for Prosperity and Unity, which is super awesome and beautiful. When I visited last year, I remember also uh, you were sharing this nonprofit with me that you developed in this community called SoSo. Yeah. <laughs> Could you share a bit about that and, and like how it engaged the families of these junior youth? Yeah. So the community we have the junior youth program in is really interesting. We have quite a few projects going on simultaneously. And so one project that had started as a sewing group um, because the mothers of the junior youth wanted to so like traditional folklorico clothing for their kids to not lose their culture or tradition. Um, but before they could do that, they just have to learn how to sew. So <laughs> I, I teach sewing on Monday nights after the junior youth group. And since most of the mothers only speak Spanish, the kids also come to the sewing group and they translate for me for the moms. And they also sew with the moms. Um, and so it's developed where they're able to sew clothing now and bags and trinkets and whatnot and sell it and make a little bit of money for, to support their own families now. Um, and this all came from their own desire to start a sewing group, not because I just went in and was like, oh, let's start a sewing group. Mm -hmm. They recognized the need in the community yeah. and, and you kind of maybe supported them in acquiring some of the yeah. resources and that they needed. And there's a few projects that came about just by them seeing a need. I mean, the kids started another project that was a soccer team because they all want to play soccer. So we found someone in our neighborhood who would agree to be their coach on Saturdays. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so they all That's play so cool. soccer together and, and the parents, like the moms and the dads come and they'll have corn ready <laughs> um we also started like english classes and a study group about um like spiritual texts and wow so all of this from a junior youth group all yeah it all stemmed from a junior youth group amazing where the parents so started exciting. seeing like oh we need to be more involved with like the people around us and start communicating yeah. more in our own neighborhood even like, this is good. Our kids are doing a good thing. We should somehow find a way to be a part of it. Yeah, and support it. Actually, a few of the parents from the junior youth program have reached out to us and said, what's the point of my, of my children learning all of this and what's happening and getting better and being of service, but if their friends aren't also learning this stuff, then they can just bring them back in or take them down or make them not care about their community as much as they should. 
Um, so the other parents of these junior youth have become really firm in wanting to expand these projects and efforts because they've seen what an impact it's made on their own children. Like a lot of their children were like F and D students and now they're getting B's and A's because like they're so dedicated to wanting to become better and strive for excellence in their life spiritually and materially. If, if say someone's listening and they also want to implement some of what you shared, what are some necessary steps that they need to take Oh, to like apply socially engaged art into their own communities or their own junior youth group or study circle. Yeah, this is something I don't want to talk about because it's so easy, actually. I think that some of the first steps is just like seeing what needs to be um, like touched on in the community. It's like, is there an, is there a need? Is there an issue? Like what? is going on around you and just like noticing that and then also just pointing out like what do the people around you have like what are their skills what are their talents what are they interested in doing and like giving their time to doing basically the fact that you don't need to be an artist to do creative things and also there's this huge resource of like socially engaged art art projects that already exist to take from in the world mm-hmm. And what is your role as, say, if you're a facilitator, what is your role in introducing this idea and encouraging it? Because I remember you mentioning, like, you don't want them to shy away or give up. You really want them to tackle this issue. Is that purely the role or is there other other responsibilities that a facilitator has in engaging their youth in these socially engaged art programs? I think to keep on promoting what their ideas are, like, the crazier their ideas to me, the better. Um, but you don't have to go like full crazy. (laughs) Jump out of a plane. No. (laughs) Yeah. You could just always tone it down. Or maybe. Um. Yeah. I think that's the hard part is turning, toning that enthusiasm down without stifling their creativity. Yeah. Keep on pushing their ideas to become more alternative where it's like in my group, how their idea was like, okay, we want to make YouTube videos. It's like, okay, that's great. And I'll like making YouTube videos and we can do YouTube videos. But it's like, how can we actually affect our community more directly? And like, Mm -hmm. can we do it more alternatively? So one thing about socially engaged art is that oftentimes um, artists will use a structure that's already in place and alter it that's like one of the most simple forms to like ways to do socially engaged art. So when, so a project I really like by a professor that I had, Stephanie Sahuko, she does this project where she takes those little like tear sheets. Okay. How do I explain it? You know, like when you're in a neighborhood and it's like, I need a babysitter and like, here's my phone oh, number. Right. You're like, and then yeah, yeah. they have the like little, you have like 10 to a page and you rip off one of the, yeah. The and you take like a little yeah. rip off tab sheet. Like that yeah, is a, it's got a phone number. Yeah, like that's a structure we already understand. I mean, it's not a structure, but like it's something that exists in the world that we understand how it works. And so she's taken one of those like tab sheets and she has this project called Free Texts where she takes texts that aren't easily um, available to people and then you can type in the URL on that page and then like find that reading so it's just like spreading 
knowledge and like getting people to read more. Um, and so that's like an alternative way of being of service to the people mm-hmm. in a community. And like, that's a great way to think about how to start making socially engaged art is like, what are the things that people are already familiar with around me? And then altering it for my interest. As an artist and as a Baha'i, are there any quotes from the Baha'i writings that inspire you? Yeah, there's actually this quote from Baha'u'llah. It hath been revealed and is now repeated that the true worth of artists and craftsmen should be appreciated, for they advance the affairs of mankind. Just as the foundations of religion are made firm through the law of God, the means of livelihood depend upon those who are engaged in arts and crafts. True learning is that which is conducive to the well-being of the world not to pride and self-conceit or to tyranny, violence, and pillage. So again, that's a quote from Baha'u'llah. And I always look to this quote um, because it show, it just is so telling of like how important the arts are and like the role of artists that are supposed to advance the affairs of mankind. And that like true learning is that which is conducive to the well-being of the world. And I think that's what the role of an artist is, to think about what the well-being of the world is and try to move it forward. And that's why I'm really interested in like socially engaged art and how it's so directly correlated to being of service in one's community. Yeah. I, I mean, you've kind of hit the nail on the head with that. As an artist, you're finding this very, very direct way to apply your creative pursuits with, with developing and, and furthering your, your reality. So I know that you're moving to Stanford because you got into an amazing master's program. Could you share a bit about what that's about? Um, the master's program? Yeah, yeah. What are you going to be learning? Because you were just mentioning you got this amazing scholarship, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty amazing program. Um, you're like one in five people that entered this program this coming fall, correct? Yeah. So all together, it's like a 10-person program, and we'll be working really closely with, within the cohort and the professors. Um, and also, we're asked to like teach the undergraduate classes there. Um, but we have to start thinking about like what our thesis will be about and what our art is going to be directly about. Um, So I'm really interested in making art that is about like cultural identity and this idea of placemaking, which I'm wanting to explore through like performance and textile art, but also socially engaged art, like how I've been doing in the community and seeing how the projects that um, junior youth do in their community and then like build up a community even further and like bring in more people and their interests to to make it like really grassroots and when people come together, like what can happen and how can a community make a place on their own in like a new area. Um, So it'll be interesting to do that in a place like Palo Alto, which is really suburban, which I think is still possible, but it'll definitely reflect differently than it does down here in Southern California, so closely to the border. That's exciting. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to see what what becomes of, of this new experience and this new journey that you're going to be entering. Me soon. too. There's a lot to learn still. And also socially engaged art is so new as a field. Um, 
actually for anybody listening at home, I, I wrote down two books of the names of two books that I think people might want to look into if they're interested in learning more about socially engaged art or how to apply it to their own community. Um, mm-hmm. One book is called Education for Socially Engaged Art by Pablo Helguera. And it basically talks about um, different types of projects that can happen in a community and the approaches taken to make them happen while introducing different scenarios and cases that may come about within that project. And another book um, includes many example projects with accompanied writing is Living as Form, which is edited by Nato Thompson. Um, both of these books are a, like are on Amazon, and you might be able to even find somebody like putting a copy just on Google of these mm-hmm. two. We can probably also provide links to these uh, on the BahaiTeachings.org website. Yeah. That's linked to this specific podcast episode. Yeah, so I was thinking yeah. that, you know, somebody wants to learn more about it or look into it. Those are two good resources, I think, to just start. Yeah, I'd imagine many, many animators who kind of facilitate these junior youth groups and also, you know, any facilitators out there who may not feel like creatively inclined could easily kind of engage in this in this developing art form and and help empower the community that they're working with creatively. Yeah. And and morally and spiritually, which is super <laughs> exciting. Shireen Tofig, thank you so much for joining us on Cloud9. I can't thank you enough for your time and your service and, and your endeavors in exploring this new art form and how how everyone can be affected and empowered by it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Cloud9. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to check out BahaiTeachings.org where you can find more Baha'i-inspired podcasts, videos, and articles.